Bobby's Late Breakfast on News Talk. Now, you're most welcome back to the second hour of Bobby's Late Breakfast. Loads to come on the show. We're going to be looking back at the turbulent history of the Irish border with renowned historian Dermot Ferreter. Now, there's two big things happening this weekend. Uh, one concerns rugby, the other concerns dancing, and there's a man who's a common denominator to both. Uh, he's he swapped the torpedo pass for the tango, and he's won Peter Stringer. Good morning to you, Peter. How are you? Good morning, Bobby. I'm, I'm very well, thank you. That's a lovely, lovely analogy there. You <laughs> now, I don't know where to start. I think we might start with the rugby. How about that? Um, it's a big That's weekend. fine, yeah. It's a big weekend. It's Rome. Um, I just love everything about the Six Nations. But last year, Peter, you brought down the curtain on what was truly a remarkable career. Um, was playing rugby something you just always wanted to do as a young fella? It was from an early age, Bobby. I think my, my dad had played to a very minor level in Cork and sent me up to the local club when I was six years of age. And But rugby was the thing that kind of really stood to me and um, that I enjoyed doing every weekend, going up and, and, and traveling away to games. But it was something that was just in my blood and got a real sense of, you know, I really enjoyed it and I was really competitive in it. So that's what stood, out, stood to me uh, going into primary school and secondary school. So I absolutely loved it. Um, and never really looked back and never saw myself doing anything else really from a very young age. You yeah. Know? One of the things which which I wanted to ask you about, Peter, is that, you know, the way everybody now has to be six foot four and run 100 metres in 10 seconds, uh, you kind of, again, you, you certainly bucked the trend and you were slight, uh, you, you, you were a slight, you're a small guy, I don't know, what were you, five foot something? Uh, five foot... Five foot, five foot seven, yeah. Well, five foot seven. Five so, foot so, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and so what I'm trying to say, and I'm saying this in the most respectful way, but, you know, you, you certainly defied the odds around size, uh, but you had a lightning quick pass, your pace, your energy, all that work you did at the back of the scrum. Did you ever feel that you had to try harder because you were smaller? It's a, it's an interesting one. It's a question I'm asked a lot. So in terms of when I was younger, obviously you're put into positions based on your size. And for me, it was always scrum half, the small guy you're put in there. And I knew I had to work hard you know, from a very early age. Um, it was never really a thing the coaches you know, saw as a, as a factor. I was always kind of selected. But based on me working very, very hard at a skill set that I knew I was very good at. So from a very early age, my dad you know, in the back garden, showing me how to pass the ball. Yeah. So I took height out of the equation. I worked really, really hard at that. And right throughout my career, I knew what I was good at. So for, in terms of being able to read a game and, and being clever on the pitch and identifying space and having that the best pass. So by me working hard and working very, very much on my strengths to make sure that size never ever came into it and coaches could never use it as an excuse not to pick me so I wanted to make sure that you know what I was good at I was going to be the best at and you know coaches saw that as a real asset to teams so you know I worked really really hard at it yes of course you work on your weaknesses and the negative aspects of your game but for me it's working on those positives the things you're really good at and perfecting them and that's how I lived my career from a very, very early age, you know? Yeah. No, I, I totally get that. And again, just even to look at your achievements, uh, the Six Nations uh, in 2009, the Grand Slam, uh, we remember every match, I remember with 
as if it was yesterday. You had three triple crowns, yeah. the Heineken Cup wins, 98 Irish caps, like serious, serious career, Peter. One that you must be so proud of. Extremely proud, Bobby. You know, and you know, obviously, I'm very lucky to be have been, have been part of you know some great sides over the years. You know, Munster and Ireland, and uh, you know, obviously, from a scrum half point of view, you know, my game is dictated on the quality of ball that I get from from the forwards. And I was lucky enough to play behind a very very good set of forwards. Um, and likewise, you can look at that right throughout the team, and we had great connections through guys, you know, myself and and Raj as well, and you know, being able to deliver the ball accurately to him so he can distribute it to the, to the guys on the edge. So, you know, it was a real, real, you know, squad uh, effort right throughout the years. And, you know, you obviously in, in a team sport and, and the values that you learn from rugby right from an early age has stood with me and I'll carry with me for the rest of my yeah. life. But, you know, you talk about those achievements and, yeah, looking back at it now and unbelievable memories um, and one that... Um, you know, you, you'll never, ever forget and you constantly have people reminding you, which is a, such a lovely thing, that, you know, how people were affected and people remember where they were on certain days and, you know, times of the weekend when games are on and to have that effect on not only your teammates, but just, you know, you know, people walking down the street and what it means to people. Yeah, sure, there's, you know, plenty of memories that we will, will cherish forever and, um, yeah, I, I don't regret one single moment I had in in a red or a green jersey or whatever it was, um, playing for my 20 years professionally, you know. And does that uh, does that uh, Grand Slam in 2009, is that up there with the highlights in terms of memories for you? Absolutely. And, you know, in a, in a green jersey, we were knocking on the door for so many years and in, in Six Nations Championships with, you know, some great years where we had some Grand Slam deciders and we were, you know, close second in, in the table. But, you know, to win a Grand Slam finally with guys who... You know, you've experienced a lot of heartache over the years, and yeah. um, you know it's, it's not an easy thing to do. And you look at the the number of Grand Slams Ireland have, Ireland have won in, in in recent times, and you can, you know, you can you can pick them out and count them on your hand. And it's just um, that's what makes it special. When, yeah. You know, the big days you remember <clears> with your buddies you've you've played and trained with for so many years, and you know they're the big days, and they're still the big days that I miss. You don't miss those kind of Monday mornings in the winter and the cold in the west when you get out to train, but. It's it's those big days. I was pitch side for Ireland, New Zealand in the autumn, and you know you just want you want to put on your boots and you want to be out there with the yeah. rest of them. So it's been um, yeah, it's been a, it's been a challenging kind of six months since the six seven eight months since I finished. But you know what? I've walked away from the game in really you know good shape, in better shape than I was going into the game in terms of my fitness and and my health. And you know that's something that I want to con- continue with uh, um, right throughout my life, and not, not just from. I suppose a rugby point of view, but yeah. you know the the values that I've learned right right throughout my my playing time is what I'll I'll bring forward uh, uh, into the into my everyday life. You know, I wanted to ask you about because another another area that you defied lots of logic in was your longevity. Uh, you in 2016, you won uh, Sales Sharks Player of the Year, age 38. Uh, you really, really, you know, and and again, there's not many people who lasted the distance, Peter, beyond hitting 40, which you did. And how did you, how do you put that down? Like, what do you put that down to that you were able to stay playing at such a high level for so long? Yeah, look, there, there are many, many aspects. And, and people say to me about, you know, I'm, I'm a non-drinker as well, you know, and people automatically assume that, you know, if you don't drink, that that's the secret to it. It's one tiny element of it. And, you know, I've always looked after myself during my career and, you know, I'm someone who probably live with regrets that, 
if I didn't do everything in my power to be as good as I could be for for the time and the privilege that I got to, you know to play the game, um, I was going to live with those regrets. So, you know, when I had the opportunity to move to the UK, I was in a bad enough place here in Munster. It was fourth choice from half back in 2012, and took yeah. the decision to move to the UK for another six years and continue playing. I said, you know what, I'm going to do everything in my power. So basically, it comes down to not just when you rock up at a club at 8 o'clock in the morning to do your training under the watchful eye of coaches and nutritionists and um, you're home again at 2 o'clock. It's about you know understanding that process, understanding what it needs to be done in the time away from the club. So I became basically that 24-hour athlete, so I was able to look after myself. As soon as I finished the session at 2 o'clock, I was getting ready for the session the next morning. So whether it would be in the pool or eating right and making sure there's enough sleep. So all those elements that go into it um, in making sure that, you know, I was, you know, flexible, I was stretched in preparation for it. I never really had any injuries. So, you know, a lot of that comes down to luck in terms of being on the field and getting knocks. But I did everything in my power to make sure that I could compete at the highest level for as long as I could. So, you know, I made that conscious decision when I moved to the UK that, you know, I wasn't finished just because of certain you know, a couple of coaches thought I, I didn't fit a certain game plan. You know, I knew what I could bring to the table and, and, and you know, found a place in teams in the UK to do that at the highest level. So, Fair play to you know, you. I yeah. can walk away, like I said, from 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 the from the game at the highest level in, in feeling good shape and, uh, you know, having no regrets for what I've done, you know. OK, so uh, I want to talk about the post-rugby plan now and we'll talk about da- dancing in the star- with the stars in just a second. So you're now a personal trainer. What's the What's the post-rugby plan, Peter? Well, the post-rugby plan initially was to take six months and get back to Ireland and just get back with our, our son Noah to, to Ireland and, uh, you know, get back with friends and family and, and just take a bit of a breather, to be honest, when you come out of a 20-year career. And, yeah. You know, it's it's so full-on because I know once I I start that next thing, it's going to be full-on. I'm going to be committed to it 100%. And um, so then there's the opportunity to this. The dancing came up and <laughs> I said it was something that I'd never, ever do. I spoke to my wife and she said, look, just go for it. <laughs> So tell us, what's it like? How are you getting on? Yeah, look, it's tough. It's really tough. It's, you know, seven or eight hours a day rehearsing. Yeah. You know, and you have to do that because it's either that or you make a fool of yourself on a Sunday night not knowing the steps. So it's um, it's a big commitment. It is a big commitment. So, so have you have you, you know, taken... Put... Sorry, Peter. No, have you taken the same approach to it that you would have taken to the rugby on the basis that... Absolutely. I'm, I'm really going to throw myself into and this. I've, I've, had, I've, had to, I've had to do that because... You know, I'm someone, if I do something, it needs to be done properly. It's it's a case now where I'm up in Dublin for this. I'm up there full time. And, and, and my wife and, and son are below in Cork. And she said, look, knowing you and the personality that you have, you need to go to Dublin. You need to do this properly. There's no point in doing it kind of um, half-heartedly. And that's that's just me. And so everything else is kind of put aside. So, you know, whenever this kind of is wrapped up and whatever I get eliminated or whatever the, the case may be, it's time to reassess again. But for me, Bobby, it's being in the in nutrition and the fitness and, and, and the well-being area because, yeah. you know, for 20 years I've lived by, you know, the best nutritionists, the best coaches, the best strength and conditioning coaches by their advice for 20 years and it's got me to where I am today and yeah. I put that into practice. So for me it's all about, um, you know, being in that kind of space and, um, you know, I'm working on a, on a business at the moment um, in, in that area. So I'm very, very excited about it. It's going to be, 
I'm going to be busy once this dancing is over, but at the moment, my headspace is on every Sunday evening, live on TV, and making sure I get my steps right. And come here, have you worked out the opposition yet in terms of who, who, who you need to take out? Do you know what? My only opposition at the moment is in my own head. Right. I'm sure that I improve every single week. If I'm comparing myself to other people, look, everyone's come from different backgrounds. People have come from dancing backgrounds. There's people in there who teach dance. And, you know, there's, there's times where, you know, if you get bogged down with trying to look at yourself and compare yourself to other people, um, I don't think, you know, you'd be going nowhere. You're walking around in circles. But for me, it's about if I see improvement in myself week on week, you know, I'd be content. And obviously you try and, you know, you push yourself and, you know, you're in it to win it. But, you know, Again, it's about not having those regrets once you're finished. If you do everything in your power, that's all you can do. And if you can walk away from it saying, do you know what, I got better, I worked on my weaknesses, I improved week on week, then you've got no complaints at the end of the day. Well, Camille, we wish you well. Just before you go, um, big day, Ireland, Italy. What do you think? Are we going to win over there? I'm sure we are, but will we, will we win? Uh, I think we will. I think we will, Bobby. It's, to be fair, look, it's, it, we're in a place at the moment, probably... You know, a bit of a downer, probably after the year that we've had last season, the Grand Slam and, and the Autumn Internationals going to the English game was very disappointing and the performance there, the guys have admitted themselves and the Scottish game, even though it was a win, you know, the performance really wasn't there. Yeah. Um, you know, a few, few nervous guys out there, but Italy will be different. I think we need to kind of really set down a marker, get guys out there, get that confidence back in. Um, and you know, I think that's a really, really big, big year coming up. So look, it mightn't be any harm if there's a little blip it's better off happening now uh, rather than in World Cup. So, look, it's, um, it's not a bad thing, but you'd like to see the confidence build and, and uh, to win the remaining games of, of the championship to see how well we can do, you know. All right, you're a true gentleman, Peter Stringer, uh, athlete supreme and dancer supreme this weekend. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Bobby's Late Breakfast on News Talk.